you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by Caesars Rewards. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant. Socially distancing and masking when and where necessary and we are just rolling along, getting a little bit closer to the start of the season. Two weeks away from the uh, NFL season getting kicked off for 2020. So of course, we got plenty of good stuff to talk about. Uh, a couple of guests that I'm really excited about. I know, I'm, I know I say that all the time, but it's true. I, I get excited because I feel like we have a lot of good guests, a lot of smart people who come on this show. Going to dive into some uh, new statistics. I know a lot of you folks out there are looking for the advanced analytics, trying to get an edge. And so we're going to introduce you to a new thing, rushing yards over expected. Nick Shook will jump in uh, to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Also going to have Cynthia Freeland stop by because why not? It's always wonderful to have her stop by the show as well. But before we get too deep into that, as always, want to talk to my faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's going on where you are? Uh, well, I finally watched uh, Hard Knocks, so I know we will talk about it a little bit later on in the show today, but from more of a uh, fantasy perspective there. But it's so funny because uh, people were kind of guessing what's going to go on in this episode, but they, they showed a lot of interesting stuff behind the scenes. And I was watching with my, my girlfriend and the, the part where uh, Joey Bosa signs his contract, which is an awesome moment. And then she goes to me, she's like, why don't you play in the NFL? And I was like, oh, that's a really good question. Like, why am I not six foot five, 275 pounds? Like Joey Bosa sacking quarterbacks, like it's nobody's business. So that was a really good uh, question uh, brought up by her last night. Yeah, that's that's where you messed up was being built like a regular human being instead of some, know. you know, pass that, rushing. That guy, that guy has the biggest legs I've ever seen in a human being. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if you had a chance to do it all over no. Solved. So. <laughs> exactly. um, all right, let's uh, get into this. Bring in, bring in our good friend Cynthia Freeland. She was here on the show just a few weeks ago, helping us out during fantasy camp. Uh, she jumped in to talk about the AFC South, but the, always enjoy having her on the program. Cynthia, appreciate you waking up with us uh, and hanging out with us uh, today. 
good morning. You know, it's it's a good morning here. We gotta we gotta have happiness where we can, and this made me so happy to come on here. So thank you for having me. It's a good reason to get up. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, so let's dive in. There's some some news headlines we've had over the last couple of weeks or the last couple of days, I should say, which is sort of nice because we went weeks without any real headlines, but now the guys are sort of getting back. We we actually have some things to talk about. Uh, Will Fuller says that if the sky or that if he can stay healthy, the sky is the limit. I know you were on, we talked about the Houston Texans when we did the AFC South a few weeks ago. Uh, look, I, I feel like we all sort of agree. I guess my question to you is how do you approach guys that are labeled as injury prone? Whether or not you believe that, uh, whether or not that scares you, is there a, a, a particular method you take when, when we talk about guys who have in, an injury history? So here's the thing that people need to know about you, Marcus, is that you do such a good job of telling me what we're going to talk about before we get on the pod so I can go and dig and do a little extra research and homework ahead of time. So there's two things that popped out about this one. The first, and you're getting some good exclusive here, you saw that there were some comments that Will Fuller made about improving his posture and doing some work on like structural, whatever posture fixing stuff that he talked about in the news, right? So when I went back and I, I talked to some of my people who very well know Will Fuller and what's going on. And they do say that he's coming in this season in a much like his posture is better. He's not, the training tables are different. So I will say it seems to be that there is some truth to that. So that's from kind of the horse's mouth, if you will, right? And then the second one is that when you look to, to kind of calculate what situations that people are in, where they're going to get hurt, unfortunately for Will Fuller, now he's going to be the source of more of the defenses, you know, they're going to focus on him a lot more. So the only problem with that is that he now he gets like a lot more attention, which could actually bump up the potential for injury a little bit. So it kind of nets out as an even because he is in better shape. He has he has addressed some you know things that were making him more injury prone before, and that is true. But now he's going to be like the centerpiece of the defense. So I would say just temper your expectations, go for a ton of upside, but be mindful of his downside because an injury history is it is just that it's true. It's it's easier to get injured once you've been injured before. It is the truth. It is the math bears it out. So just just be careful. But we do have some positive, and we also have some negative. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I have sort of been taking advantage of the fact that I think a lot of people are scared off by his injury history. So getting him sort of as a mid-round guy, totally. maybe a second or third receiver, uh, I'm like totally fine with that. Uh, also, I feel like there hasn't been a football discussion that involved the word posture this much since Matt Patricia had his press posture. conference with, like a year ago, <laughs> telling people to basically sit up straight. You know, I think that's like a, honestly, one of my favorite compliments people get me. Cynthia, you have great posture. Thank you. My mother really instilled <laughs> that into me as a young child. <laughs> Your parents should be proud. Absolutely. Very proud. Um, Marion's on it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, in San Francisco, according to Kyle Juszczyk, uh, you know, noted, uh, noted doctor, I guess. I don't know. But he says that Jarek McKinnon looks phenomenal. Now, we were sort of hoping a couple of years ago that Jarek McKinnon would take off. Uh, he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. I mean, talk about another guy with, with an injury history. But I guess the question is, I mean, we're debating over Raheem Mostert. We're debating over Tevin Coleman. I mean, is it possible that there's a third guy that's in the mix there? Like this thing's going to get more muddled than maybe we're giving it credit for right now? Yeah, probably. I mean, San Francisco running backs, it's going to be a problem no matter what. It, not for the team. That's great for them. A lot of great options. But I feel like we've been waiting for Jarek McKinnon to kind of be a thing since everyone's like, oh, he left Minnesota. He's now going to be, oh, it's going to be amazing, the whole thing. But I don't know if they would have brought Tevin Coleman in if they were completely sure, you know, last, but not this season, obviously, but before if they were completely sure that Jarek McKinnon was going to pan out. He seems to be injury prone. So that's one where I'll let someone else get him in a later round or maybe try to get him off the waiver. There's going to be a Jarek McKinnon game, and I don't know which one it's going to be, but it's it's going to happen, and it's going to be that one thing that we talk about on Fantasy Lab. We're like, we knew it, but we just didn't know which one. So that one I'm just saying, you really, really figure out if you want, again, if it's super late round, absolutely, but don't overextend and don't talk yourself into like the Jarek McKinnon being a thing so far, right? Because you like that's 20, look at those 2017 numbers okay 17 but that's 2017 we're about to be 2020 and there is a lot of uncertainty so just bake that into your evaluation of him 
Yeah, I mean, you talk about the Jarek McKinnon game that we all know is coming. We just can't predict when. Uh, I mean, to that point, I think it was our, our own Michael Florio on this pod a couple weeks ago, mentioned the fact that last year, the Niners had five different running backs at some point lead them in terms of fantasy points in a single game. I mean, so you, I mean, we knew, you know, Mostert. We know that Tevin Coleman did. I think Matt Breida did it. I'm sure there was a mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson game in there somewhere. So uh, it is very much in the, the range of outcomes that Jarek McKinnon is going to have a blow-up game. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, praise be to the your person team. who figures out when it is. This is your team. This is something you should be able to tell us. This is your team. This, you're, you're a fan, yeah. so you got to be able to tell us. That we're going to be looking to you I'll, for that. Uh, Tune in. Fantasy Live, you know? I'll, I'll, get, the, I'll get Kyle on the horn and uh, and have him tell me when he's going to just start feeding McKinnon uh, in a game so everybody it's knows. Marcus. Which fantasy player? <laughs> Thank you. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, so Hard Knocks came back into our life earlier this week. It's Hard Knocks Los Angeles. They're following two teams this year. It's the Rams and the Chargers. Uh, both being obviously in Los Angeles. Uh, I always sort of enjoy watching it. I mean, just obviously for these stories and everything, but I also sort of enjoy watching it because I always feel like there's a player that is going to get what I call the hard knocks bump in fantasy. Like, you know, they will have an episode where maybe they have a good practice or, you know, in the past we would see them have like a good preseason game or the coach would talk them up. And suddenly the next day on Twitter, like all the fantasy people are like, well, you got to go draft this guy now. Um, I would say that it was Daryl Henderson because we saw him running first team snaps in Rams practice. Uh, are, are you buying it? Or is there somebody else after, you know, one whole episode that you think gets a bump? Maybe Tyrod. Tyrod's hair looked great. Is there, is there a hard knocks bump guy you see so far? I actually, I was going to go with the Tyrod mostly because their first four games, the schedule, and it, I think what's going to happen is we're going to see like the Tyrod, he be, he's being named as a starter. And that, like, this is how I see it unfolding. This is not from the one episode. This is me, you know, being creative and being cooped up inside too long and coming up with a theory, right? So looking at looking at their schedule and those first one, and you didn't get the quarterback maybe you wanted, or maybe you you went super late around with quarterback, and you're like, uh-oh, now I need to, like, figure it out. And I think the Tyrod kind of beginning of season bump, I think that's going to be, like, if you had to pick a streamer or something – Weird happens. I think I think that's the one who will get the, the biggest value. But overall, I think it's going to be Chargers people who we think of as getting bumps. Because I, for whatever reason, the the I mean, I feel like the Rams are focused on the defense, right? Like there was a whole Jalen Ramsey thing. And then obviously Aaron Donald, who like you could just put him on the screen and I would just watch because you're like, that's not a human. That's some <laughs> sort of cyborg there, right? So, you know, I, I just feel like we're going to see more from their defense and then we're going to see more from the Chargers kind of overall because – you know, I don't know. I just, I, it seems like how they were tracking last, last night, or I watched it last night. I, two nights ago. I, I do feel like uh, Aaron Donald was like, they wanted him in the Avengers to be the Hulk and he just wasn't available or something like that. that that's all I can explain with, with him. Um, I also think, uh, <laughs> let's talk about Tyrod though. And I'll say this over the last couple of weeks, I feel like people have started talking more about Tyrod. Maybe it's just because I've been talking more about Tyrod. And so I'm attributing it to other people, but Whatever. Uh, I feel like he's sort of, Exactly. I feel like he's been overlooked uh, a little bit, maybe a forgotten man. And, and maybe it's because of that fear of Justin Herbert coming to to take over that job at some point. But I mean, let's not forget, like the last time he was a full time starter in Buffalo, forget what happened in Cleveland, but in Buffalo, uh, he was a pretty productive quarterback and, and a guy that you certainly wouldn't mind having as a streamer option, uh, you know, a second quarterback in two QB leagues. And I, I think, you know, you know, sort of, I guess, out of sight, out of mind for a little bit. And we just have stopped talking about Tyrod. So let's, I feel like let's, let's bring Tyrod back into our lives, huh? I, why not? And then we could get back into the debate. Tyrod to Rod, Tyrod to Rod. Right. That's, you know, that, that's a good debate. That's more fun to talk about than some of the other things going on right now. So look, I, I think Tyrod in those rushing yards. And remember, I think maybe I'm like way too much in O-lines. You know this about me. But the Chargers O-line is significantly improved, by the way. And they also get their tight end, Hunter Henry, back, who is a pretty good tight end. So they, he also does the blocking. So it's it's a good situation. They brought in Balaga. So they're, they're, in, they're in much better shape from an O-line standpoint. And remember, if you're thinking about, like, the ability to earn fantasy points, Tyrod's good for a rushing touchdown. You know, it's, yeah. it's not it, – it's, it's in his – it's not like Phillip Rivers where you're going to see – a lot of a lot of mayhem and then somehow he completes this really deep pass but 
it's going to be a situation where those rush yards are going to add up. He's going to, and Tyrod will get in the end zone. Like I, I can't guarantee guarantee, but it's, it's highly probable. Let's talk a little game theory. I mean, why not? Because we've got Cynthia Freeland here with us. Uh, you have done a, a ton of good stuff on NFL.com. Folks can go check it out uh, over there. What is it? NFL.com slash Freeland, I would assume. is. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, so one of the things that you wrote that uh, I was really interested in, you talked about some of the, the new offensive coordinators and new play callers uh, on different teams this year. I guess they're familiar names in a lot of situations, just that they're on new teams now. Uh, you highlighted a few of them. I want to go through just a, a couple of them. But first thing I want to ask you is because this has been an unconventional offseason, right? Guys haven't had a chance to work out on the field together. It's been like we saw from Hard Knocks. It's been mostly Zoom meetings and that sort of thing. How hard will it be for these new play callers and, and you know, their, their players around them to sort of get adjusted to one another without having that on-field time right now? Honestly, I think defenses have a big advantage in the first four games of the season, especially in places where there's not as much continuity. So if you have a lot of continuity from player standpoint, like I think Dak and the Cowboys will be okay. The O-line, Zeke, and obviously they added a wide receiver, but they're still, their main two guys are still there. So that's going to be less of a transition period than say, you know, in Cincinnati, right? Where Joe Burrow is coming from college and just inherently that game speed is, it's just different. It just is. So you know, ultimately, when you look to see what is going to happen here, the more familiarity and the more continuous pieces, the better off you are. So, you know, you're looking at what the Cowboys right now and you're looking at what's going to happen there. And they already what they had the most offensive yards in on average last season. And now you add a Mike McCarthy, who's a West Coast guy like this going to be fun for them. But it, it does it does bode well for them that that O line and their running back really are all the same because then the new passing concepts will have time to develop and just like we saw Dak from his first to his third seasons remember they rolled Dak out really smartly in the beginning they didn't have him do like deep outside the numbers passes that it this just wasn't part of the playbook so I think Mike McCarthy with tons of experience and obviously knows how to handle good quarterbacks I mean <laughs> somehow um, <laughs> is gonna it's gonna find a way to roll it out in a way that makes sense. So it's really like, think about it like this, you know, those like 10,000 hours you're supposed to take doing anything, the more closer to the 10,000 hours, that's horrible English, but whatever I do math, um, the closer to the 10,000 hours that you start with, the better off the situation, but the further from those 10,000 hours that you are, then it's just gonna take longer. I mean, it makes makes plenty of sense, uh, certainly. Let's go down to Carolina, though, because they've had a ton of turnover. Obviously, a new head coach in Matt Rule. Cam Newton is no longer there. Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback. And, and look, Teddy B is a great story in the sense that this is a guy who had that horrible leg injury just a few years ago. He's kind of working his way back in. Uh, now he's you know he's got his chance to be a starter once again. How does he fit with what this new Panthers offense potentially can be this year? You know, the interesting part about Teddy Bridgewater is he's actually like a really nice piece for what we've seen Matt Rule and Joe Brady do, right? Like, so Joe Brady, obviously LSU last season, their offense was just ridiculous. And they have some pieces that are not dissimilar. They have a bomb running back. They have a number of good receivers, including one who I think is super underrated in DJ Moore. Like people, people don't even think about him. So um, so to me, I think it's going to be better than we think, but I think it's going to be strategic, right? I don't think you're going to see, I don't think it's going to be something where you're asking Teddy Bridgewater to turn into Patrick Mahomes somehow, right? I think they're going to do these shorter passes like we saw, like we saw in, in when he took over for Drew Brees last season for the Saints, do the things that work, right? Like execute the offense, get these gains, just keep the first downs coming and it adds up. It may not be sexy for fantasy purposes, but I think it's going to be more efficient and effective than people give it credit for. And obviously with Christian McCaffrey, who plays like all of the snaps, was so something like 96% of the snaps last season and like should probably be the touch leader in the NFL and is very deservedly so your number one overall pick in any sort of fantasy. But it, but it, but it comes down to this, like Teddy Bridgewater's ability to, you know, with, with Christian McCaffrey there, play action will work. And you know what Joe Brady did a lot of, and we saw a lot of success at LSU with play action. So they have the continuous pieces and their O-line is good. It's not, it's not the best O-line, but it's a good O-line. And ultimately that will be able to create success. So you could probably, there probably will be a game or two where Teddy Bridgewater is going to get 
maybe it's more like he'll get the receivers the amount of passes you need to make your receiver worthwhile but you know it's 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 not I'm not drafting Teddy Bridgewater but I think he fits really well for what's probably going to happen based on what we've seen Joe Brady and Matt Rule do in the past yeah and I think I think as you talk about that right like you're right. I don't think anybody's really drafting Teddy B, uh, you know, outside of two quarterback leagues, perhaps. But right, right. The way the way this offense is going to work. I mean, they bring in Robbie Anderson, who I think is sort of an odd fit, but he is that guy to sort of clear out a lot of the underneath stuff, which to me works well for DJ Moore. It works well potentially for Curtis Samuel, uh, who I thought was sort of miscast as a deep threat in that mm-hmm. offense last year. I think if he can totally run miscast. Totally. Yeah. If he runs those those intermediate routes, I think Curtis Samuel's a lot more productive this year. Uh, you know, we know, as you said, Christian McCaffrey is going to be fine. He's going to get. I feel like the only time he wasn't on the field is because he had to like you know use the restroom or something, and so he right. needed to play off or something. <laughs> like, that. like, God, um, I need a Gatorade real quick. Got to take a little water yeah. break. <laughs> Yeah, just get a sip of water or something. That was, you know, so he missed the play and he would come right back. So uh, I do think you're right. I think Bridgewater is going to be a better quarterback in actual football than in fantasy football. But I'm sort of hoping that after, you know, after the quarterback play we saw in Carolina last year, that he sort of injects some life into a bunch of guys that, that really had some struggles last year. That's all I can think. Totally. Um, and look, he's going to be asked to do a lot because the teams that he's playing, I mean, the NFC South is, a lot and they're going to be yeah, <laughs> yeah they're they're going to be they're going to be asked us and it could be one of those situations where you get those unfortunate you know you're getting good fantasy scores kind of at the last minute because he's passing for a lot of attempts at the end so it, it this is going to be a, this division is full of passing and it's going to be really interesting to watch but you know like you said better better in real life quarterback than in fantasy no doubt uh in cleveland can Kevin Stefanski do for Baker Mayfield what Freddie Kitchens couldn't? Yes. I think Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> I think, I, I, I mean, look, I, I got to take a stand, right? Obviously, we, nobody knows right. for sure. But, um, but I think, yes, because, you know, when you look at what Baker Mayfield is really, you know, it's, it's, it's like anything else. When you graduate college, what do you have experience in? You know, like if, you, if, you're, if you've done a bunch of internships, then you're probably a little bit better off. And now Baker Mayfield has seen game speed. He knows what's going on. He's great with play action. He he can figure out, like last season, he was under pressure all the time. That O-line was garbage. And the situation didn't work out. The, the receivers were not open. It's not like he was passing to wide open guys like some of the other quarterbacks we've seen have been able to. So I think the way that Kevin Stefanski, I didn't, and, and not, I, I'm not being mean here, but like, I don't think Kirk Cousins is an exceptionally special quarterback. I think he's better than average, but I think with Kevin Stefanski creating the play action situation and Dalvin Cook being there, then we saw how Kirk Cousins had 14 touchdowns using play action, which, which led the NFL. So any of the second highest passer rating using play action. So w- with Nick Chubb, with, this, with these running backs and, and this O-line and those receivers, with Kevin Stefanski's mind, Baker Mayfield, I, I'm, I'm in on Baker Mayfield this year. And I think he's crazy, but, like, I, I, I'm in. He's very dangerous. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, like, I think, I think we might have been one year too soon on Baker Mayfield. And right now he is essentially free uh, when it comes to fantasy drafts. I mean, look, the, the pieces, as you mentioned, the pieces are there. So that's not an excuse. I think it's just about getting a play caller that he can feel comfortable with. And uh, I hope you're right. I do hope that Kevin Stefanski is that guy to, to sort of unlock him because – uh, a lot of us were really high on Baker Mayfield last year, and a lot of us got burned. And I think a lot of people burned. were sort of gun shy after. Uh, after I'm not. I, I've now given away my two like quarterback like <laughs> sneaky plays. Like, I like some. Ty- I like me some Tyrod. I like me some Baker Mayfield. I have Baker Mayfield totally draftable. He's like I think quarterback eight or something for me. Like I'm in. I'm all in. All right. Wow, all right, cool. Um, <laughs> now when we draft against each other, you're going to use that against me? <laughs> no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave it out there. I'm just going to, you know, I'll, I'll let it ride a little bit. I, I have my own quarterback, guys, and I think I've mentioned on, like, other episodes of this show, so it's no, I'm fine. So I'm, I'm taking copious uh, notes, but I'm just, like, well, usually it's more of an advantage for me, right? So one of, those, one of those quarterbacks that I've been in on is Daniel Jones in New York. He's now got Jason Garrett helping him out there. What, what does that mean? Look. You can knock Jason Garrett for his head coaching, especially now that near the end there in Dallas. I think a lot of people agree that though he is a good offensive mind, what does he mean now for this big blue offense? Look, first of all, you're right about Daniel Jones. Last season, you saw good results, especially when he was able to not be under pressure. Give these guys a little bit of a chance to develop as rookies 
when you saw it, Daniel Jones was awesome. His top three passer rating, all the, like great situation when he was able to not be under pressure last season. And Jason Garrett, just like I talked about with Dak before, Jason Garrett has the rollout plan. You know, it's like it's a progression. Let's go with these kind of passes, like get him, get him in a good flow. Let's go with these type of pa- like then we'll add in this. Then Dak Prescott, like I said, didn't throw outside the numbers deep for I, I actually think until like week 15 or something, so, something nuts. Like he didn't even tempt one. You know why they didn't have to? Because he created the type of game plan to really allow the offense to develop. And I, I'm with you. My my only fear about Daniel Jones is that. You know, you got a lot of rookies on that O-line and unexpected rookies with Nate Solder not being there. So that's a little dicey. But I think you have Saquon still, and that guy's quads have gone nowhere. So it's going to be great for him in that situation. And now you get a full season with Golden Tate. And as much as Golden Tate can be frustrating in fantasy, he does – the defenses have to account for him because he does – he's great in the slot. Big slot, little slot, he's great in the slot. So – yeah, yeah. I, look, I'm I'm all in. I've I've made no bones about it. I'm all in on Daniel Jones, and so I'm I'm hoping, especially if the wide receivers, if the pass catchers <laughs> can stay healthy, I think he's he's in. also he's got to cut down on the turnovers. That is the one thing he just has to protect the football better than he did last year. Um, before we hit the break, the news has come down that George Kittle has gotten his extension. It was rumored. It was sort of long expected. It has finally happened. Uh, five years, seventy-five million dollars for George Kittle. He's going to be in San Francisco for a while. Well, look, we know how good he is. I mean, there's no argument about that. Uh, I have been on record, though, Cynthia, as saying, I think this is the year he takes over for Travis Kelsey as the top tight end in fantasy football. Uh, agree or disagree with that? Totally agree for two reasons. Reason number one, because when you look to see, I mean, you got healthy Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, they've got more options. And you got some question marks here when it comes to what's going on. Is Debo Samuel going to be healthy? Emmanuel Sanders is no longer there. You're going to be relying more on the guy who's get what, 15 million average year. That's receiver money. That's not, you know, usually the top of the market for a tight end is 9, 10, right? But this is 15. So that shows you what their expectations are. And it shows you where, where they believe he fits as more of kind of a hybrid, not necessarily just a guy who who's a, a regular tight end. And the thing that it, Kittle doesn't, it doesn't show up in fantasy, but it really matters. That guy blocks. This pass pro is insane. That's why those running backs can get such pass run. He's 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 going to block for you. So you get an opportunity. I mean, I, I just think in terms of like number of balls that you catch, I think he does take over because I'm not entirely sure who from their wide receivers is going to step up. And we've got we've got they've got some questions, and we know this is kind of a run first offense. So run first, Kittle, and then the wide receivers. I think that's the flow chart. We know that you folks love the advanced analytics, you fantasy geeks out there, and we uh, are trying to please. We aim to please here. So we are joined by Nick Shook. Excited to have him on the show. Who uh, is doing some next gen stats over at NFL.com, writing for around the NFL as well, and. Uh, Nick, there is a brand new thing out there, the new hotness in these uh, analytic streets, rush yards over expected. And you wrote a piece uh, at NFL.com about it. You had the top 10 running backs uh, who sort of excelled in that category. But one, thanks for, for stopping in and, and hanging out with us. Two, just explain what rush yards over expected is, please. So essentially, when we think about rush yards over expectation, uh, we have to think about everybody else in the field, right? Uh, because the running back is not going to outrun 11 guys on his own. So you have, when, when the ball is handed off to the running back, we are taking the position, the speed, the movement, everything of all the other players on the field using that tracking data to figure out, well, how many yards should this running back ideally gain on this carry? And then we apply that on a per carry basis over the entire season for every running back. And then we take their actual yards per carry, compare it to their rush yards over or under expectation, that's basically, we get that number by that expectation that we found initially. And then we get their over or under expectation, which is really how we figure out uh, how effective a running back is. And so we've, we've kind of built this top 10. And some of the guys uh, at the top of this list shouldn't be too surprising. Derrick Henry's up there at number one. Nick Chubb is up there at number two. But then there's a rookie from last year in uh, Josh Jacobs from the Raiders, who I was pretty surprised to see up there now. 
if you talk to John Gruden, he'll he'll tell you that he he thinks that Josh Jacobs should have been the offensive rookie of the year, but he was very productive, and those numbers showed it. Even when some of your traditional metrics might not show it, you know, if you look at a rushing yards total, his his season total was good, no doubt. But if you then take it the next step into what we have now to work with, you can really understand thanks based on the circumstances surrounding these guys, just how effective a guy like Josh Jacobs was, which is why I think he's going to be a huge pickup in fantasy this year. And if we rely on these rush yards over expectation per attempt, this mark of 0.81, as you see on your screen there, I mean, I, I think that that's going to really help separate uh, some of these running backs from their yardage totals. And well, oh, he's just a product of his offense or whatever else you might think it would be. Uh, to really understanding that, no, this guy is outperforming the circumstances around him on a consistent basis, which makes him a strong pick for your fantasy team. I mean, so you, you sort of talk about you know, what Jacobs did and, and the guys around him. I mean, it, it feels like this is something that we can use to kind of be a predictive tool. Because it's, it's nice to see it one year. The thing everybody wants to know is, is can he do it again? And so you're saying this, is, this can be sort of a predictive tool year over year to sort of help you know, separate guys, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, number two on this list was Nick Chubb this past season. His mark from the year prior was way better. It was better than anybody who's ever uh, who we've ever tracked with these numbers by a long shot. Derrick Henry was number one this year at 1.05. Nick Chubb last year was near 1.4. If you need to really uh, compare how much of a difference that is, Derrick Henry was the only guy over one this year. Nick Chubb was better than him by nearly three-tenths. I mean, it's that much better. So uh, I think that we can use this to kind of, like you said, predict from year to year how effective a running back might be uh, based on, you know, and some of these circumstances changes we know. You know, sometimes you have personnel changes, you have offensive line changes, you have offensive coordinator changes. You had that all in Cleveland last year, and yet Nick Chubb was still very effective. So it really does help illustrate how good a running back is, even with everything changing around him. I know you do a lot of stuff around offensive lines. Would you classify this more as a running back stat or an offensive line stat or, or maybe somewhere kind of in the middle? So initially when I looked at these, I thought, wow, this might be the first time that we have something to really judge how effective this offensive line is performing. But then when we dug deeper into the numbers, you had teams like Arizona showing up pretty high up on this list. And I'm thinking, well, that's not an offensive line that I would initially think of when I'm trying to name a top five offensive lines. So what also really factors into it is scheme. And we all think about how Cliff Kingsbury loves to rely on the spread. He trotted out the four wide receiver set more than anybody else in the, in the league last year by a wide margin. And we all know what that does. That spreads the field out. It allows for your running back to get more room to run because there's less defenders in the box. There's less guys for his offensive linemen to block. So it's, it, it helps illustrate how an offensive line is performing, no doubt. But it also really shows how well they fit within the scheme. And then if you combine all of that together, it sets that benchmark that we then judge the running back by. And, you know, guys like Kenyon Drake last year were really good in those situations. So I think it's a tool that we can use to evaluate offensive lines and maybe separate the long, the drawn out debate of, well, the running back wasn't good because his offensive line was bad, when that might not be the case. We can finally kind of point to, well, you know what, maybe it was the running back because we did have some cases there where guys were really not good, even when their offensive line and their scheme were doing pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, in your piece, like Devontae Freeman, uh, I know was, was pretty bad. I think Todd Gurley was pretty bad. Uh, were there guys that you were maybe expecting to see in the top 10 that, that didn't make it there and it caught your eye in that respect? One big one that I've gotten a lot of responses for, and, and Cowboys fans have come at me pretty angrily thinking that I'm responsible <laughs> for the data, is uh, Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? That's what it always is. It, yeah, it's, it's your fault. You're in charge of the numbers. You produce them. It's all exactly. on you. Uh, yeah, uh, Zeke was a running back that I expected to, to see up there. But then if you think again, we've talked about the Cowboys offensive line and how well it has blocked for years. And they had a higher expectation and his rushing yards over expectation just wasn't enough of a difference to really land him on that list. And, you know, some people are going to say, well, he's a top five running back. And Zeke will get on Twitter and tell you that he's a top five running back, that he's one of the best in the league. <laughs> And that's not wrong. It's just that he's dealing with a better set of circumstances around him than some of the other guys. And that's what we were really judging these individual running backs on is how well are you achieving above expectation? How much are you doing for your team beyond what's already built for you? And, and Zeke's doing a good job. It's just, he, you know, he's kind of got the, the deck stacked in his favor a little bit. Uh, Cynthia, you are our resident predictive analytics person here. And I know that, you know, you're always trying to find more data to kind of help you round out. I would think this has got to be a nice tool to have in the toolbox when it comes to doing projections now. 
Totally. For me, it's like woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? Like, should they have done a good job like Zeke? The Zeke example is totally perfect, actually, right? Like, you're in a great situation, so it's going to be hard to exceed above that situation, harder at least, or you're in a crappy situation and you did a really good job or you didn't get... So the relative difference, I think that's where people need to like look at the difference because then you can distill, is it chicken or egg? Is it O-line or is it the running back or is it both? And then as we get years and years of years of this information and we get a, a, a kind of an established benchmark, we're going to find this like awesome number that's going to be like anyone who's over a 0.7, they should be a top 10 fantasy running back, something like that. So we'll be able to get some really cool insights the more like this is a brand new metric. And so, you know, we can only go back in, in the data as far as we have the data to go back in. So the each year, each snap, every time it goes through is super exciting to see, you know, who's going to be kind of good. And then by the way, we're going to be able to do like a cascade of other different things, right? Like to be able to predict the next Josh Jacobs in terms of rookies, because at least at the running back position, there is a shorter learning curve than other positions. So it's a really cool tool to be able to have an edge on your friends. And also just watching the game, you can be like, yeah, you know, that's a, that Nick Chubb, he has the best historical yards over expected runs. And who doesn't <laughs> want to talk about that at the bar when we finally go back to bars? <laughs> Yeah, I just say when we go back to bars, it'll be a great bar bet that you could possibly exactly, uh, win exactly. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, Nick, I know you. I mean, you were here for, with us for a while. You took a sabbatical from uh, from NFL media. Now you're back, which we're certainly glad to have you back. Uh, for folks who don't know, where can they find your work? Uh, you can go to NFL.com/shook, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Nick Shook. And it's only the because the person who has at Nick Shook won't give me the handle. I've been trying for like nine years, and and I can't get no it. Way. So uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm you blocked know, at this point. No, it's a lost cause. You know the, you're blocked. That's amazing. You know what the best part is? Your chair behind you looks like you have the most massive popped collar. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I, probably, I probably should have wore a different colored shirt than black. No, Here's my I, collar. I, I think it's, I think it's great. I like it. It's great. It's fine. like it, it gives you <laughs> popping collars. We're good. Exactly. It's all over again. It's fantastic. Uh, so, so yeah, they follow him on Twitter <laughs> at VNickShook. The Nick Shook, except no substitutes. Uh, Nick, appreciate you stopping by. I look forward to reading more of your stuff, man. Take care. It's great. Man, appreciate stuff. it. Thank you. Hey, always. Thanks, uh, Cynthia. In fantasy football, we always like shiny new things, which is why we're always drawn to rookies. So that leads us to our segment of High Upside. It is time for High Upside, presented by Caesars Rewards. So let's talk some rookies. Uh, we all know we have our list of top five rookies for 2020 in fantasy football. I've got mine. Cynthia's got hers. We'll kind of do a, a snake draft thing here of, uh, of our top five rookies, Cynthia. I will I will allow you, because you, know, you are the guest and, and it's the nice thing to do, to be the number one pick here. Who are you starting with uh, with your top rookies? Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And that's the easiest okay. one, that, <laughs> easiest question you'll ever ask me. Look, all it comes down to is opportunity. No Damian Williams means... 100% opportunity boost for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's been great. And, you know, I did get a chance to do a little, like, intel on this, and I'm hearing he's really picked up the playbook well. But ultimately, when it comes to running backs, the learning curve is shorter anyways. And it's Sandy Reid, who has called, like, something like 10 billion plays, and he knows how a little chess piece like Clyde Edwards-Alaire works. So, I don't know. I think he's overall running back 10 for me. So, don't – some people have – I think his ADP was, like, up to five. Like, be careful with that. Let's go 10 and keep it nice and conservative. Yeah. I mean, I would feel much better with him at 10 than at five, but I know folks have kind of gotten really excited about what's he Very bullish. Very bullish. Right. Uh, my, my number two rookie, because I'm, I'm with you on CEH being number one, but my number two is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and again, you talk about the learning curve being shorter for running backs. That is certainly going to help. I know Marlon Mack had a pretty good season, all things considered, last year. But the Colts really went out of their way to add one of the most productive runners in college football history to their roster. They're going to give him opportunities. And I think he's going to be that guy that you see as sort of that hammer down near the goal line. He's going to get quite a bit of work there for Indianapolis, uh, and, and I like him. Look, he, he's kind of more of a, I think, third or fourth round pick, I think, maybe even a little bit later, I think, in a lot of drafts. Uh, but uh, I think he's going to have a, a pretty big season there. So uh, where, where would you go after Jonathan Taylor? So if I go strictly by, like, my current projections, it would be C.D. Lamb next at the wide receiver position. But lately, as of yesterday, I had some conversations, and I'm actually thinking that one to really boost is DeAndre Swift. 
And oh. I know Carrion Johnson is there in Detroit, and I know I'm seeming like a bit of a homer because I'm a Lions fan, <laughs> but it's not a. It's actually you. If you know anything about me, you know I like stay away from the Lions because I'm a Lions fan because they didn't get the name Lie Downs for nothing. So for me, <laughs> when you look at DeAndre Swift and what he did at Georgia last season through his whole career, that is a huge piece that they're missing in Detroit. And Daryl Bevel knows how to use him. So when I'm talking about who they like, who's picking up the playbook, who seems like they're coming into camp just ra raring to go, it is, I'm hearing DeAndre Swift. So he's getting a big boost for me, multiple, you know, use in the pass catching game. And we've seen Kerryon Johnson have some injury history and he's been great, but I think DeAndre Swift might be the running back to finally break my little lie downs curse. Oh, all right. You know what? I sort of like him in that sort of debating between, you know, three and four, which way to go. Take him at three, but four, just slide in there and take Justin Jefferson, who I think at least for this year uh, has the best to production. I think, you know, when you talk about the, the, the ceilings for fantasy wide receivers, I think, you know, you look at CD Lamb, you look at Jerry Judy, you look at those guys. But in terms of what is available there in Minnesota with Stefan Diggs now in Buffalo, you know, Adam Thielen can't carry this passing game alone. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson, as the slot guy that they're talking about there, really is primed uh, to have a pretty big season. So I think if you're taking a longer view, I think there's there's somebody else. It maybe is a CD Lamb that I put in that slot. But if we're just talking 2020, uh, I'm I'm fine with Justin Jefferson there. So, uh, I, so that's four. I love Justin Jefferson there. I love right. Justin Jefferson there. I Justin Jefferson is my favorite receiver from this class because I watched the most film of him interacting my like just personal favorite, not you know I, the maths over here. But the other thing that people have been neglecting is go look when Adam Thielen's in the big slot. Because you gotta remember, slot doesn't mean one thing, right? It means there's there's not just one slot, just you know. So <laughs> when it comes to that, and Justin Jefferson isn't just a slot receiver. Yes, he did earn the most yards between the numbers, and there are a lot of slot snaps you saw at LSU, but Justin Jefferson's more multiple than that. And I I'm a I'm a big believer in Justin Jefferson, and I think that Gary Kubiak also can figure out how to use Justin Jefferson and unlock him quick. So I, I'm with you. I love that pick right there. All right. Uh, okay. So then we're rounding out our top five. Who would you put in that fifth slot? Okay. So I got to go with CD lamb on that one then, because the, okay. the thing that's interesting talk about, talk about the slot. I mean, these receptions are Amari Cooper. You go over there, Michael Gallup, you go over there. Uh, CD lamb, you run, got it because who's the defense going to, who's the defense going to stop, right? Like they need to pick one and they're probably at least initially, they're probably be like, okay, rookie, we'll we'll give him a little, we'll give him a little bit of extra cushion. And I think that if you look to see where his resume is, his resume is running those kind of West Coast Mike McCarthy op like opportunities in the slot. They're coming for Dak because they know Dak's gonna get paid. Let's go. Like, let's see what this rookie can do. And I think especially initially, you know, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see him, you know, getting used to the offense. And then this is a guy who come week five, six, you're gonna be like, uh, that's a lot of catches. <laughs> yeah, you know, that that Cowboys offense, I mean, that passing game, I think, is going to be high volume. It's going to be wide open. And, I mean, I, I have been a big fan of Michael Gallup, but I think C.D. Lamb, where he's coming off the board in fantasy drafts, has a lot of upside because of what you mentioned. I mean, the, the fact that, you know, you have to pick your poison. Do you shut down Amari Cooper? Do you shut down uh, Michael Gallup? Do you, you, ha you still have to focus on Ezekiel Elliott? There's going to be opportunity, I think, for C.D. Lamb to, to step up and make some plays, and I think but that's that's going to be exciting. Cowboys have had like the like the Cowboys have had like a pretty great offseason. I mean, they started in a good spot, and then like what signed Everson Griffin for like yeah. not a lot of money yesterday. Like these are crazy. These are crazy times where the if you're a, it's a good it's a good year to be a Cowboys fan. That that the East is sometimes it doesn't seem like people want to win that division. So it seems like the Cowboys <laughs> might be wanting to win that one. Yeah, they seem to have sort of taken control there, which, uh, you know, I couldn't happen to a, a more modest guy than Jerry Jones. Uh, for some <laughs> Who would be your number there. six? Who would be your number six? Uh, since, I mean, it's a top five, but, you know, we need six. My number six would probably be Jerry Judy uh, in Denver, um, you know, because he was – look, I know he and C.D. Lamb were sort of battling for one and two when it comes to uh, wide receivers off the board. Uh, you know, in the, in, the, in the actual NFL draft. And so I think, you know, there's going to be opportunity there in Denver for Jerry Judy to be a productive playmaker. So he would be the guy I have just after C.D. Lamb. Uh, in so my, one in that I'm interested in, one in, that I'm interested in really quick before, because I'm like taking over here, sorry. Um, I want to know where you have <laughs> LaVisca Chenault. Because 
he's an interesting one in Jacksonville because that guy, when you watch what he did at Colorado, he's kind of like a he's kind of like a running back ish, wide receiver ish mm-hmm. meld. He's not like a he's more like a Christian McCaffrey in terms of how they used him than 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 I would have imagined at least, right? So I think Chenault could be that surprising guy because I think Jacksonville is going to need need some help. Put it that way, need some help. Yeah, and, no, I, I agree. Chenault could be that. He's a guy that I have taken shots at in late in a lot of drafts because I do think he's going to get opportunities. He was. He was a Swiss Army knife at Colorado. We just kind of doing a little bit of everything there. And look, I haven't been able to completely get on board with Leonard Fournette because the way I frame it is how can you like a running back that doesn't seem to be liked by his own team, right? The Jaguars seem to want to be free of Leonard Fournette in any number of ways, right? They bring in Chris Thompson. They bring in – they draft LaVisca Chenault. I can't imagine that Leonard Fournette's going to catch 70 passes again this year the way he did last year. So I'm willing to take that late round shot at Chenault uh, and hope that the upside takes over there. No, I'm I'm, I'm totally on board with that. <laughs> I'm glad I could make you laugh about the Fournette bit there. Uh, <laughs> they don't laugh. So. It doesn't seem like it. They're like, you they and that beard, out ya. Gotta go. Yeah. Gotta go. So. <laughs> hey, there it is. That was High Upside presented by Caesars Rewards. Draft a team with NFL Fantasy this season, and you could win a trip to take your league to Caesars Palace Las Vegas for the fantasy playoffs. Download the NFL Fantasy app, draft a team, and select the trip to Caesars Palace from among the three grand prizes you can win. By the way, we are all over your socials if you want more fantasy football from the NFL, wherever you can find it. We have an Instagram account now. Like, so, like, we're, like, sort of hip. Like, you know, uh, I don't know that we've, we haven't progressed quite to TikTok yet. But, uh, who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but you can find us, as I said, on Instagram at NFL Fantasy, just like you can on the Twitter handle at NFL Fantasy. Speaking of our Twitter handle, we'll uh, dive into our fantasy mailbag. Got some questions to answer. Uh, I have not seen these, so uh, these are going to be new to me, just, uh, just like everybody else. Here we go. Uh, all right. From B. Phineas, does Aaron Jones at least repeat last year's performance? You are shaking your head, Cynthia. I think I agree, but I'll let you explain why you don't think he will. 19 touchdowns tied for the NFL league is ridiculous to, tr- to project to repeat. Not at, and, it, and the word at least throws me off there too. Do I think he's going to be great? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Do I think he's a top five? Yes. Uh, on it. But re- like what? Like uh, 19 touchdowns isn't going to happen again. I, I mean, I'm not saying 10 can't, but 19, I, I'm uh, no, uh-uh, no. No, and I agree. And here's the thing. 10 touchdowns does seem realistic for Aaron Jones, right? But, I mean, let's just, for the sake of easy math, right? Let's say he scores nine touchdowns. That's 10 fewer touchdowns. That's 60 fewer points. That's a huge gap between where he was and where he potentially could finish. So I, I'm with you. I, I, you know, I have sort of, uh, early on was sort of fading Aaron Jones. I feel like his draft price has come down to a more reasonable number uh, at this point. But I, I just don't expect him to repeat what he did See, I got this book year. back here for you. See this book? It's called Valuation. It's all about <laughs> where they are versus versus where you draft them, and that's that's what it is, right? You just got to pick the right the right valuation, get it for the right price. Every player has fantasy value at the right spot in your draft. That is the thing to to remember. Um, all right, let's see what's uh, what, what next question do we have here? All right, from Ethan forty four Rich, rank them for PPR: Alvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Derrick Henry. Uh, I'll just say quickly for me, it's it's easy. It's Kamara, it's Cook, and then it's Henry. Uh, any any changes done. for you? Done. Nope, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, weird, weird thing. What is the most amazing? To me, the most amazing thing about Alvin Kamara is that he has caught exactly eighty-one passes in each of his first three seasons. Like, you couldn't plan that, right? Like, how you, you catch eighty-one nope. passes exactly in three straight seasons? Uh, that of all the things that he has accomplished in his short NFL career is the most weirdly amazing thing that I've Can he change his number to 81? Should he? I don't know. Can he do that and still be a running back? I feel like he... I don't know. I don't think so. But maybe he's really... 81 catches. Maybe he's a wide receiver. Right. Maybe he is. Who knows? Uh, All right. So we got one. Do we have one more? Do we have one more sort of question? All right. This is from Frankman24. Which two running backs out of the four is the best for full PPR? Uh, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake or Josh Jacobs? 
Uh, which two would you like in that out of that grouping? I think I think I'm gonna go a little. This is PPR, full PPR. So I think Sanders has to be in there, and mm -hmm. I might actually go Drake number two. Okay, uh, I'm but definitely going Drake and Eckler. Right, I'm yeah. definitely going Chinyan Drake because I've been a big stand of his this offseason. I'm gonna go Eckler. I'm gonna go Eckler just over Sanders there. I would put Sanders third, but I look. I think Sanders is in for a huge workload this year. Uh, they are certainly hyping him up in Philadelphia, and the way he finished the season last year uh, was definitely very exciting. Um, but I, I'm going to go These are great choices. Yeah. I Those think, are great uh, choices. Was, yeah. Henry was the last one. I think Derrick Henry is probably the one who catches the, the fewest passes uh, out of that group. So, and um, I think it was Jacobs, right? And I think Jacobs, oh, Jacobs catches the fewest passes. Yeah. Oh, which, yeah, I think by the way, which, by the way, uh, Josh, I don't know if you saw, he said that he wants to catch 60 passes, which would be great. Uh, I don't sure. know if it happens because I don't even think the Raiders had a receiver catch 60 passes last year. So uh, I don't see that in his future. But, man, I would love that. That would be uh, that would be fantastic. I'm, I'm, I would love it, too. It would be fun to watch, so, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think Eckler, <laughs> Sanders, and yeah. Drake have a – have a much higher floor, or much higher floor, but Jacob's ceiling is huge. It's yeah. not that I don't like Jacobs. I just don't think, I just don't think that the, you know, I'd like to catch 60 passes. Doesn't right. mean that's even, I'm going to catch one. You know, so. right. I, think, I, I think we all would. Absolutely. Uh, Cynthia, appreciate you stopping by. It's fun as always. We'll have to do this again sometime soon. Please. Anytime. Happy to be here. Great. Awesome. And we appreciate you all being here as well. That is it. We are done. Thank you for hanging with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by Caesars Rewards. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, consciousness is just that annoying time between naps. Take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. 
rugged, resilient, and timeless.